What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Russ, you got to give me an update, man. How is the sabbatical going for you? Man, I am 14 days in. It's going great. I've I don't know. I don't know if people know that that's what's going on. So you you came to me last month, which is awesome timing. And I was like, "Hey, I'm pretty much going to take the month off." And I was like, "Really? That's an that's awesome not, idea." That's not exactly how that went. That's though. an awesome idea. <laughs> that's not exactly how that went. I said to you, I said, "Hey, I think you and I this year should take 30 days off a piece." And you said, "What?" <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds like amazing. I go, I'm first. I'm taking off this month. <laughs> that timing was so good. But I mean, seriously, how, so how does it how does it feel? What is what are you working on? Well, to be honest, up until this point, I've done I, I've traveled. I, my wife and I had our 20th anniversary. We we're gone for a couple of days for that. Congrats, but, by the way. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And the, I mean, that's a humongous accomplishment. Best thing I've ever done in my life, right? <laughs> exactly. By far. That is greatest accomplishment. Put that on the wall. And then we we went skiing for six days. So that was that was a lot of fun. So I just really, I'm just now back at home. Today's day one of, after I get off this intro call with you, I'm, I'm going to just sit down and, and just start thinking about my thinking. Mm. Man, that's that's awesome for a change, you know, to have you thinking. It's just, <laughs> it's going to be work. I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be I, so hard. I appreciate you doing the work on that. Well, um, here's the thing, though. I, I, you know, you, you're like, well, what did you need a sabbatical for? Joey does all the work around the place anyway. I know that you don't do any work. <laughs> but it, I mean, you know, I mean, we we run lots of businesses. We have lots on our mind, and I feel like the last several months, I have not managed my calendar. I've allowed the calendar to manage me. And the biggest thing that I want to do is refresh, right? I think I can bring a lot more energy when my tank is full. I feel like my tank was definitely uh, very low. (laughs) I I was getting that warning light, you know, telling me, hey, pull over, get some gas. And I I think just being able to think through not all the different uh, different little pieces and details, the minutia of our day-to-day operations and all the passive income things we have going. Like when I can just lay that on on your shoulders, which you're <laughs> thankfully carrying a, a big load, it allows me to think about it. And also it's going to give you a chance later on this year to, to be able to do the same thing. Well, I, I appreciate it because we've gotten so much more done without <laughs> you being here for two weeks. It's amazing. I bet. Uh, no, but uh, I'm I'm grateful you get this time and and really to be honest, I mean, passive income is what makes this possible, right? And we talk about this on the show. This is a this is an outpouring, a result of passive income. Because without it, would you would you feel confident leaving for a month? No, not a, 
not a chance. I mean, financial freedom is the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it with who you want to do it, right? And it all comes with having income that's greater than your monthly expenses. And I'm grateful to have one, an amazing partner like yourself. And secondly, to have built with our partnership many different income streams that allows me not to feel the the weight of always having to work. And I think that's the burden that many of us feel. And I, I felt it for many years that, man, I, I can't take my foot off the gas as much as I want to. I can't because if I do, then I, something's going to happen. Something's going to catch up with me, right? There's going to be an expense. There's going to be an opportunity miss. There's going to be something that's going to happen and I'm not going to be able to be in control. And, and I think that that's what financial freedom should be for is that you can fill in those blanks and feel confident knowing that. So I, I really want to turn the tables with you real quickly because a lot of times people want to know how partnerships work. Truly, how have you felt with for the last two weeks being the the, the solo person, right? Like we've divided and conquered for a lot yeah. uh, for, for the last 10 years. Now kind of the burden's on your shoulder to do it one-on-one. To be honest, it's actually really good um, to be in this kind of position because it it just it puts things it makes it clearer to me. Sometimes I think when you and I are, are constantly in different meetings together, we we work so well together. But at the same time, there's always a question of okay, should I step in here? Or is Russ going to step in here? And it's not really clearly delineated. So I think not having you there has helped me to be much more focused on what needs to get done, what I'm doing, what other people on the team are doing. And um, yeah, to me, it's it's a little bit more freedom in that. And and I think there's more good things that will come from that. Like I've had a lot more clarity in how I'm thinking about uh, different tasks and, and directions that we need to go to. So we'll have some things to share, um, compare notes, uh, as you've had your sabbatical and I've had some more kind of hands-on stuff. But I'll tell you, I don't want to lose this. The conversation we just had about passive income and being able to do what you want to do with whom you're going to do it. it Russ mentioned a lot of things that had to do with not taking your foot off the gas pedal, right? If I do that, what's going to happen? If you've had those same thoughts, today's roundtable with me, Mark, and Ernie is going to be exactly, I think, the kick in the butt to say, if you're not taking action to create passive income, you're going backwards, right? The inflation that we are experiencing right now has, there's always been inflation, but what has it done to us and what will it continue to do at a much higher rate currently? And if you don't take that action, you're guaranteeing failure. So we, we covered three big major things. What is inflation? Like, what's the definition? How does it work against us? And what can it do to work for you? If you can, if you can just stay with us and get through this, you're going to know exactly what you need to do to take action. So let's not, let's not hold this back any longer, Russ. Let's belly up. Yeah. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, 
and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into this week's Roundtable, the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where every week we are joined with the best coaches in the world to help you get to financial freedom, to take complex issues and make them very simple. I'm Joey, the Italian stallion Murray, mainly because I'm a thoroughbred. My grandparents on both sides were from the motherland of Sicily. I guess I should be called the Sicilian stallion, but it just didn't go really well. And they didn't have a license plate that was already printed. So we went with Italian stallion. I'm joined with my friends here. The retiree, the man who jet set it around the world until his financial freedom exceeded his monthly expenses and he gave his airline job the boot. That's right. We're talking about Mark the Gooch Haraguchi. Mark, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing great. There's a, I was mentioning earlier, there, there, there's one less rodent running around my backyard today, thanks to my dog. So it's a, it's a good day. It's a good day. That, that's, that, that's where the bar is at for me. <laughs> Any day that you can get rid of the pests in your life. We are going to talk about pests today. We're going to talk about the termites in your wallet, if you will, of inflation but not until we introduce our friend, the Sherlock Holmes of finance. He's to your right. He's the man who has been referred to as the Indiana Jones of finance. I mean, can we come up with any other analogies for downtown Ernie Brown? Ernie, welcome. Thank you, man. I, I don't know if you can come up with any more analogies, but I'd love to hear them. <laughs> I'm open to it. You're open. <laughs> Good. Well, what what we just kind of referenced the termites in your wallet, the inflation that is happening. Why is this important? Mark, why don't you lead us off here? What is this, what is this topic all about today? It's first and foremost. I mean, if you turn on the news, you're gonna hear it. And actually, just this morning they they announced the latest inflation number, and we just hit 7.9% inflation. Now that's what's reported. Based on how they're doing their math. Is this what the liars are reporting? <laughs> Based on the, the the information that that went into the calculator, what came out was seven point nine. Perfect. Well, so we know it's much worse than that. Okay, good good to know. Um, what about you, Ern? What why is this? Why are we even talking about this? This is a threat. This is a threat right now. Threat to what? To our financial security, to our possible financial security, as it relates to the traditional mindset, the traditional thinking. I think this is a, I think this is a big threat to individuals. Mm. I think uh, this, all this stimulus that has been um, touted as as helping the middle class, lower class, and definitely not helping the upper class. I mean, no, no way. We're not going to help those guys. I think all of this is is leading to uh, some of what we're seeing today and what is being called inflation. But why is this important today? I, I feel everybody is talking about it, like Mark said. But I think very few really understand what's going on. Oh, dude, can you can you turn on the memes right now on your social media? And on a scale, okay, out of 10 memes that go on your feed, 
however, how many of them have a gas tank or a gas price on them? Just right about out of, out of 10. Very few actually have gas prices <laughs> because the ones that I'm seeing have got the gas billboards and they've got like arm, leg, sole. <laughs> I love those. They're so funny. OMG. Um, the, yeah, I mean, it's out of control, but it's constantly being talked about because people are being affected by it now. So obviously we're talking about this now because it's, it's, it's just hit, um, the most popularity that I've seen, but what are some other reasons why we should be talking about this right now? For Mark? me, you're, what you're seeing is you're, you're seeing almost instantaneous evaporation of of your leftover cash flow. I mean, I'll, I'll give a perfect example. So two days ago, I went to bed and I looked at the price of gas at Costco and it was 409. And when I woke up in the morning, it was 425. And when I went to bed last night, it was 429. So in the span of 24 hours, it went up 20 cents. And that was and 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 that was only in, in two increments there, but that's 24 hours, 20 cents. You start multiplying that, and, and that's just the one that we can see, right? Because that's that's really front and front and center. That's what a lot of people look at. Everyone's kind of seeing it. What we're not seeing is the other ones that are that are all starting to stack up against us too, right? And it's it's turning into a tsunami of uh, price pressure around us and and, and really that is the thing that's, that's driving the news cycle right now. 100%, 100%. Earn, what about you? Yeah, well, it's not gas prices. You know, we're, we're sort of talking about it. What we're really talking about, what my wife is talking to me about is the cost of almond milk. <laughs> For whatever reason, the Browns are really concerned about almond milk. But here's, a, here's an interesting statistic. In 1970, average income, it's about $10,000 a year. And the cost of a new home was about $23,000. Today, I think the average income in America is some for a household is somewhere between 60 and 80, something like this. Okay. And the, and the average cost of a home, I don't know if this is Alabama, where we are, if this is the United States is about $350,000. So look at, look at average income percentage wise compared to average cost of a home, man, this is a problem. This is getting expensive out here. So, so let me not to assume what you mean by the problem. What, what are you saying is the problem? Well, what, what is the problem is inflation. What is the symptom is rising prices, which people are typically, typically to, by today's definition are calling inflation. Mark, maybe you can elaborate on that. But what is really happening is our money supply is increasing. How many dollars are being created and pumped into our economy? Well, and, and but think what you just pointed out was that there was there was a, a 50% or 100, I guess in this case, it's a 100% gap between that income and the price of the home, right? 10,000 to 20,000, I think is what you said. And now it's five times even on the low side, maybe it's four times, let's just kind of be, you know, so the issue is that gap is what people are feeling in their pocketbooks in their, their wages are not increasing as quickly as the cost of the goods that they're, 
they are using to live. And right. that is where we're, we're running into trouble. Now, I think today's show, we're going to cover three major things. Um, one, I think we need to define inflation because I think there's a lot of misnomers out there, a lot of even um, misleading things that are going on as, as it relates to inflation. I think we need to talk about how it, it works against us, which we've already kind of alluded to, but we can go into more detail and then how we can get inflation to work for us, right? There's always people on both sides of major financial issues that come out winners and many of them come out losers. How can we use something that's out of our control to create financial freedom? That's, that's what you're going to get today on the show. So, um, by the way, just, just as an aside, um, I think my two cents that I normally add on this show really just feels like one cent today. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys felt Definitely that. Definitely not 50. Man, <laughs> it's going the wrong way. Hey, um, and, so hey and, and, and to that point, you know, JD's million dollar smile. Yes. I mean, what is that thing today? <laughs> is he a six million dollar man? Exactly. That's the uh, that's inflation for you. Um, but so let's define this. Let's define inflation so that people can know what we're dealing with here. Well, before we can define it, I, I, I just have to clarify. Are we talking about what? inflation used to be defined as or what is defined as today? Uh, give us both. So if we go back to 1971, uh, New Webster Encyclopedic Dictionary of the English Language states <laughs> inflation, the act of inflating, the state of being inflated, sharp increase in amount of money and credit causing advances in the price level. So okay, they are so clearly what's wrong with that? Advances. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I, I think that's okay, but uh, apparently we need to put it into context because Merriam-Webster, as of their most recent uh, issue, now says that inflation is defined as a continuing rise in the general price level, usually attributed to an increase in the volume of money and credit relative to available goods and services. So you, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody caught that, but there was a subtle change in where the emphasis on the definition went. The very first definition from 1971 was stating, hey, this is all about expansion of money and credit, period. The Webster one, which is now more dated towards today, is stating that, well, it has to, it's, it's price levels rising and it's usually correlated with uh, money and, and credit. Yeah, check so, that. I think, wow, changing definitions, unbelievable. <laughs> we can yeah. change the dictionary, but we will win. This I've got a, I went to Dr. Paul Cleveland's textbook that Nelson Nash gave to me. Uh, I don't know why Dr. Cleveland didn't just give it to me, uh, but Nelson gave it to me. I like that. He had Dr. Cleveland sign it and gave it to me. There's a definition of inflation here that I think is also helpful. It, it puts a little more light on this. Inflation historically meant an increase in the money supply, Mark, like you're saying. However, for the past 50 years, there's been a politically inspired effort to have inflation mean what you just said, Mark, the general rise in prices that follows upon a monetary inflation. This change in terminology helps to obscure the cause of rise of prices. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're experiencing. The symptom of that is everybody, everybody's looking at the rise of prices and isn't quite sure 
what is causing this. And, and it's complicated. There's multiple reasons, supply chain issues, mandated shutdowns. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, but then also all of this, all of this printing of money or, or creating of money, number punching is being pumped into our economy. Okay. That's so major piece talk about that for a second. The increase in the money supply, people may have even heard that as the inflate, like at the most basic understanding of inflation. What does that really mean? Like what is actually happening? How would you add to that? I was at a conference a couple months ago, a couple of weeks ago still. So not even multiple months. And, and, and this guy made up, we've got in, we've got termites in our wallets, right? This is inflation. This is eating up. They like wood, they like <laughs> cash, you know. Uh, but with this addition to the money supply, it's almost like in the last two years, if you had three dollars in your wallet, enter in another dollar. And that's what's going on in our currency. It's just it's been added to in that massive way. So for reference, in 2020, are about $4 trillion in circulation. Uh, at the beginning of 2020, beginning of 2021, there was 6 trillion. And by the end of 2021, there was $20 trillion in circulation. 4 trillion, 6 trillion, 20 trillion. That's a, that's a massive increase in just a couple of years, isn't it? But so, but let's just play devil's advocate. Somebody says, well, that sounds good to me. There's actually more dollars. Like there's more money available. That's what it sounds like. But what is the inverse? What is the, the reaction to that many dollars being pumped into the economy? Well, let's take a look at the, the housing market. Imagine you've got 10 homes in a row. They are all 100% identical and everyone's home as of, as of right now of this podcast is valued at $100,000. Somebody rolls in with $100,000 of cash to the very first person who decides to sell and says, sold, I'll pay you cash, 100 grand. That person's like, awesome, I'm out. Everyone else goes, oh, cool. Okay, well then now all of a sudden two people show up for the next home and they've got a bunch of cash because they, for whatever reason, now find themselves with some more cash. So they bid each other up to maybe 110, 120. Well, now all of a sudden the third person who wants to sell, they go, well, that guy got 120. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask for 120. And now that gets bid up to maybe 130, 140, or people just start raising the price because there's so many dollars chasing it. And if, if you've ever been involved in a transaction and you roll up and so I'm the seller, you're the buyer. I say, I want to sell my house for 500 grand. And you say sold, I'll give you 500 grand cash. The immediate reaction on my end is, darn it. I could have asked for more. A hundred percent. Yes. So then the next time I sell it, I'm going to say 520, 530, 540, 550. And it's just going to start going up when you have more dollars. If, if you have the same number of people, but now you have more dollars in that system, people are going to start buying goods quicker. Well, people are going to recognize that there is value in that and there's more dollars chasing goods. So they're going to start to raise the price of the goods because it's all going to start happening. Everyone's going to start buying everything. So I need to raise the price because you know what? When I need to go buy bread, that bread's going to go up in value. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. 
You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. So it's all connected, right? And, and who really wins in an inflationary environment is if you have assets to sell that are going up in value, but then it forces you to go and buy the, the same asset at a much higher price. Same thing with cars and everything else right now. I want to point out to something I, I wish, you know, we did such, we had so much fun last week talking about 401ks and I kicked myself afterwards, like Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker has so much to say about the subject. And I, I mean, we barely scratched the surface until we got to the inner circle. We talked a little bit more about it in there, which by the way, if you're hearing this and you have not joined the inner circle, you have an opportunity these are people on the same path as you looking to gain financial freedom. And they are getting a literal immediate um, live view of this podcast. As we speak, they're actually adding things in the chat so that we can pivot and talk about them in this time. And they're getting group coaching every single week. You have an opportunity to join us, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call, jump on a call with one of these coaches and they'll walk you through the whole process. Um, but let's go back to the book here, Become Your Own Banker. Nelson says on page 76, this is the only place he mentions inflation that I know of in the book. And it has to do with um, college education. He says, since that time, Parkinson's law has taken effect. The luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. And so now the cry is that everybody deserves a college education. Please notice that the cost of doing so has risen much faster than inflation in the rest of the economy. This is always the pattern when government gets involved in anything. And he, he goes on to talk about how the personal computer as a, as a um, uh, comparison has not risen so rapidly. In fact, it it's, has gone down in price compared to the quality that it's received because government has not um, meddled. He, he uses the word minimum of meddling in that space. So I want to talk about the fact the money supply is increasing, but largely because the government has to do with that. And how did they do that? Uh, anybody know how the government got involved in meddling in our, uh, in our money supply? It's a keystroke. <laughs> a keystroke. What kind of keystrokes did we see uh, last year and the year before that? And probably coming here very soon. I got a notification last night, a Wall Street Journal notification, another $1.5 trillion spending plan has been approved. Yep. Just another one. $1. Yep. 1.5 trillion. Okay, so, but let's put this in reality. People see those numbers, they hear this, and they think, that sounds positive, man. Like the government is investing in infrastructure. They're investing in saving people from this terrible pandemic. Oh my goodness, they're, they're saving people from all this stuff. This is a good thing. But what is actually happening? The only person that wins in inflation is the person that gets to inflate it. It's because it's the very first person that gets to spend that brand new dollar crafted into existence that gets the actual closest to real value of that dollar. Because as soon as that dollar is spent, 
all of a sudden the money, the monetary supply has expanded and now there's more dollars in the world. And with more dollars chasing the exact same amount of goods, the price is going to go up because the market wants to find equilibrium. I love that. I mean, you're, you're speaking much more intelligently than the people I see that are, were yelling and screaming and so excited about all the stimulus money that they were getting last year are the same people that will pay five times that, 10 times that dollar amount in increased goods that they're having to spend right now. Yep. This is not a good deal for us guys. Like this, this, your government is not taking care of you. (laughs) They are causing you pain. Um, Ernie, can you shed some light on that? Like, how is it hurting us? How, how is inflation working against us more specifically? Yeah, well, here's the way that I thought about it. If our economy is like a pond, a freshwater pond, it supports a lot of life. Okay. A lot of fish, a lot of creatures, a lot of plants. Are there lily pads in the pond? Sure. Why not? If you want okay, lily I just, pads, I want to make sure there's in. a sure, place for the frogs somebody, and everything. Like an artist. He's like, hey, I'm an artist in the pond. My job is to paint these lit. Sure. And, and what this is like, it's like all of a sudden a saltwater stream gets diverted into the pond. And so what do we have? We have an increase in the supply of water. But it's not necessarily good water. It's a, it's a different kind of water than was there. Our currency, you know, it used to be solid. Now it's fiat. So it's, it's bad water coming in. And yeah, sure, great. I've got more room to swim around. This is awesome. I can do more things. But also this water is bad for you. You have to, you have to adapt. If you stay the same to this, you're going to die. The salt is going to kill the things living in that pond. You must adapt. That's the point. In this, in this environment, what's going on is out of our control, but we must adapt. We must do something different. If we, we talk about that 401k, <laughs> if we take the, the little bit of cash flow that we're talking about, and, and generally wages are not increasing at the rate of costs. And so our cash flow is getting squeezed and we take that cash flow and we continue to save it. In this environment, you become a loser. Mm. You put those dollars to go work at a minimal rate of return compared to everything else. And you want to defer that to some later point, you lose. It's not a good deal. We must adapt. We, the, the benefit, I would say to this, how, how can inflation help us? I think it's a wake-up call. This pain that we're feeling right now is a bit of a wake-up call. We have to adapt. We have to do something different because our cash flow is getting squeezed. I mean, speaking of wake up call the other day, so Russ and I, I think we may have shared this. Uh, we started the year off and we just kind of like we're kicking ourselves saying, if there's anything we're going to regret 10 years from now is if we didn't take time and invest in our own children to pass along the information that we know about how to make money and passive income and, and manage finances and whatnot. And they were back in the same boat we were when we learned all this for the first time. That would just be a complete fail. So we started the year off. We said, we're going to, every Friday, we're going to meet with our, our older girls and start teaching them some of these things. And so just last week we were talking and, and Russ said, Hey, I've got um, my oldest here on a budget to help her with her car and, you know, her, her work and her, her swim and all these things. 
how much she spends on food and clothes and then on gas and other things. And they noticed that the last month before the gas had gone way above the budgeted amount. And so therefore the amount of money that she was supposed to keep her budget within was blown. It was just, I mean, can anybody relate to this story? This is a 16 year old, not a 46 year old or 36 year old, but so they were talking through it. He said, well, you know, Zan, um, what, what do you think we can do to fix this? And she said, well, I mean, I have to drive. He said, well, I, I don't disagree, but could you drive less? She said, well, I don't, I don't want to drive less. I mean, I, I need to be able to get to places I, like the independence and so on and so forth. Okay. Well then could we take the money from your food budget? She said, well, I have to eat. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't just not eat. Okay. Well, so then what do you think we should do? And she's like, well, I mean, I don't want to do any of that. He said, well, could we possibly go get another short-term rental then and, and allow that money to start paying for the increase in the gas prices? And it was just like, click either that, or she's going to have to go get a job for an hourly rate from somewhere else to pay for that difference. Now, I'm not saying this to shame whoever's listening and they say, I'm stuck in that same boat myself. To what Ernie just said is you have a choice. You must adapt. You have to, and how do we adapt? We have to take advantage of the things that can help us keep up with inflation and exceed and outpace inflation to create that financial freedom. Mark, what would you add to that as a way that we can we can make inflation work for us? Right. It's it's time to start looking for the positives here. And unfortunately, some of the positive things that can come out of uh, rising inflation might not always be good for you. I mean, so just my mind immediately thought of, imagine you live on this beautiful cliff bluff, but you don't have a clear line of sight because there's about two homes in front of you that are between you and the cliff bluff. But as the sea level begins to rise, it continues to erode away the cliff. And all of a sudden those two homes in front of you fall off. And now miraculously you have an unobstructed cliff front view. So yay for you. Yay. That, that, that's great. But if you haven't been planning and preparing for this and shoring up your home, that force that took out those other two homes in front of you that caused all that pain and suffering, it's going to come knocking on your door. And then the people behind you are going to get the, uh, the uh, cliff front bluff house. So there are ways to maneuver this. So for example, taking a look at, all right, well, what if you can lock in, say, a 30-year mortgage? A 30-year mortgage, you are paying today's dollar, not the value of today's dollar, but today's dollar. And you get to pay that same dollar quantity for the next 30 years. So what's more valuable, 100 bucks today, 100 bucks yesterday, or 100 bucks tomorrow? Well, I can tell you tomorrow you're going to be paying uh, 16 cents more per gallon for your gas if you live where I live and you can watch the Costco app go up every night. Um, and if you could have bought gas yesterday, your hundred bucks would have bought more fuel for a, a actually a lower pr- or the same amount of fuel for a lower price. So you could have actually gotten more fuel. So wouldn't it be nice to lock in a set dollar number going forward and push that risk onto someone else? 100%. And what you're talking about is how real estate 
is a great tool because a 30 year fix is a debt tool to help you lock that in and make sure that you, you are using the longer longest term to pay that money back. But the real estate attached to that creates, it gives you the way to outpace inflation today, right? How does it do that? The cash flow for rent, whether it's a long-term rental or short-term rental, it can keep up with inflation because you're in charge of how that paces going forward. If, if you all of a sudden see that rent is going up dramatically, which it has been over the last couple of years, you can adjust your rental price that you're asking for to continue to keep up with or outpace it. The same is true with appreciation, right? So the value of the real estate attached, it will continue to go up with that inflationary pressure and you're getting both of those two things, the cash flow and appreciation, um, while locking in the debt cost at the lowest possible uh, amount. So those are that's a, a great way to, to see how this could work for us. Now, the thing that I know that right now we can all do, whether you're in the, in the ability to start building passive income or not, you need a better place for your cash to reside. We just mentioned your cash is losing seconds by the second. And so how I want Ernie share a little bit about how infinite banking using a system of life insurance policies designed the way that we're creating for people. How does that help people get out of this issue of inflation or at least to keep up with it? Well, there's probably 50,000 different little things in there, but I'll just, just one, as we're, as we're thinking about this topic for yes. today, one thing came to mind and that is one of the, one of the things that is even increasing inflation, one of the, one of the root causes, not only the increase in the money supply, but the legal counterfeiting of money in a sense that, that banks get to make use of under fractional reserve system. And that for $1 in deposits, they're able to send out $9 to go to work. Wow. That, that, that helps the banks. That's a good, good business for the banks. If we did it, that, that would be illegal. You know, we can't print up new money, send it out, but this is a legal system to do this. And what the infinite banking enables and right using these insurance policies is something similar to that. There is a money multiplier to the cash value that we're able to borrow against. That's a great thing. Unfortunately, Russ isn't on this, so, but we've heard him talk about this. Joey, I know you're, you're just behind Russ, but for his sake of example, with his oldest policy and his system of policies, when he puts a dollar in, how much access to cash does that give him? At least $2. Yeah, just a, a little over $2 at this point. There's a, there's a multiple of money that you can get access to, to then go put out to work in something like long-term rentals and create cash flow today. So if you put a dollar into your system or able to leverage against multiple, go put that to work in a cash flowing asset that brings back more than it costs you to operate that, that's winning, isn't it? Well, that's adapting. It's what you said before. If you're not adapting, you're dying in this situation. And it, it may be, it may seem weird. Like 
infinite banking, um, whole life insurance, what the, the terms that were thrown around. This is weird. It's different. Everybody you know around you is not doing this. Is that a bad thing at this point? I mean, just tell me, is it a bad thing to be going against the grain when, as Mark just pointed out, everybody else's house is falling off the cliff? I, I don't think so. Um, and Mark, what would you add to that? The infinite banking concept and using this system, how is it helping us? The infinite banking concept is just that. It is a concept. But it's 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 a mind shift, right? And I, I think we've 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 all taken a swing at that horse. So I'm gonna take another swing at that horse lying on the ground, just you know, beat that thing while it's down. <laughs> but it is a concept, and it's a concept that compels you to begin to think about things a little different, right? That's what we're talking about. It's a mindset shift. If you're sitting at home right now and you saw the price of gas go up, we've seen a couple uh, uh, snippets in the chat here of you know that that pushed my gas bill up 24 bucks. It's pushed my gas bill up. I mean, it's now over $100 easy to fill up my truck. Um, Clash is very thirsty. So how how can I solve that problem? Well, I, I can go back to my budget and I can start to trim. I, I can start to tighten the belt, right? I, I can get fiscally responsible with what I've got. But there's going to come a point where there's only so much give in that belt before now it's crunching against my hips and my bone and there's nothing left to give. And I don't know about you guys, but we're talking about inflation of the money supply. Joey, how many hours are in a day? Last I checked, 24. 24. So we haven't inflated the number of hours in a day. So there's only so many hours you can actually work in a day. Hmm. So if, hmm. you're, if, if you are set in a system where there's only so much work you can physically do in a day, there's only so much money you can bring in from that. Wouldn't Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to bed at night, my systems are still making money for me. And wow, 100%. isn't that fantastic, right? So rather than working harder, I have no problem with hard work. I've, I've done it. I've, I've, I've literally dug ditches um, in addition to flying airplanes. But rather than working harder, let's work smarter. Let, let's get our dollars working for us. My dollars work inside of my uh, infinite banking type policies. So they're working in there constantly. And then when I borrow against them to use the life insurance company's money with my money as the financial backstop, I go put that out to work in the world. And both of those things are happening while I'm sleeping, while I'm sitting here talking to you on a podcast. So the infinite banking concept is a mindset shift and it's gonna help you see how to be more nimble, how to be more creative, how to be more entrepreneurial because there's only so much time in the day. And you can't work as, as hard as you probably want to, to keep track with inflation. But we've got other things we can do that can do it with us, with us and for us. No doubt. No doubt. So we can't control inflation. What can we do? Let's go final thoughts here and wrap this up. Ernie, what can we do right now? Well, ultimately, I think that this is a cash flow conversation that we're, we're, we're I think, doing a in my opinion, a great job defining inflation, talking about it, and then the effects of inflation, which is a squeeze on our cash flows. Cash flow is life. Just like water's got to flow, blood's got to flow, cash has got to flow. And we're very much about being good stewards of the resources that we've been entrusted. That, that is on the spending side. 
but we can't we can't pay off the cost of living that's going to exist and is currently rising we need to create income streams and now they're, they're page 85 of becoming a banker nelson talks about this mark very much to your point two spouses at work well there's only 24 hours to work could it be a fact that this modern family has no money at work we need to be building multiple income streams we need the infinite banking concept to insulate and build our own banking system over time and we need multiple income streams at work to increase cash flow even as we have these pressures against us 100% mark regrettably i don't have as much control over washington dc as i would like uh, my elected representatives hear from me, but yet somehow they seem to be silent on the things that I am concerned about. So I have very limited control over what is going on in Washington. We do have a representative government, but that can be a stretch of the definition at times. 100%. However, I have complete control and I am taking even more control over my financial system and the direction of that financial system. So I can't control everything that happens in the world, but I can buttress myself against some of those, those opposing forces. And if that's something that's interesting to you, if you want to figure out how can I take more control of my finances, how can I take more control of my life? How can I regain a life that's worth living? Then all you got to do, sign up for the community. We've got a free call in there. Joey, what is that link that they would want to go to to get that free call? Yeah, go, go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. And these coaches will walk you through the steps it takes to get from where you're at. Are you going to do nothing and guarantee failure? Are you going to do something and open yourself up for success? That is the path that we're calling you onto. That is the point of today's um, call and, and, and podcast. And I hope that it's been helpful to you. If it has, please share this with somebody. Please go out of your way to, to get it to the next person that posts that ridiculous meme about gas or, you know, whatever it is, and give them something they can do about it. Um, as always, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.